a second. Yeah, LinkedIn did not work, but we are live on Facebook and YouTube, and this will be somewhere living forever and ever. That's me. Bo knows that. I don't know Jack. I can't rap. That brings us to Steve. And I, I'm stealing a little bit of his, yes, 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 yes. I'm stealing a little bit of his uh, format with the music intro. Uh, I was on his webinar. He doesn't, you don't do podcasts, right? You never actually post them. Pod, no, it's all good. Webcast? I don't Webcast, know. Webcast, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so yeah, I was on one of his a uh, few months back. Uh, time is a flat circle, if anyone gets that reference. <laughs> you, did you, know what, you know what show that's from? Fun trivia. No, get, bring it. Uh, was a true detective with uh, Matthew McConaughey where he's doing all the like, you know, life is a series of uh, flat circles and time is anyway, I can't, I don't want to do to mess up too much of that um, thing. Anyway, we have Steve Horney here live from, are you in Long Island, New York city? Where are you I'm right in now? Queens, yeah. I'm in Regal Park, Queens. Nice. And he just finished a surf session. Yeah. It was, how's, how's the, the waves good today? Good. Um, consistent and of no consequence exactly how i like them it was okay. really great day <laughs> you have a good day yeah good i just did a, a little workout downstairs too little like 10 minute crossfitty barbell power snatch rowing gig um and yeah had a few clients also out here doing concierge uh pt and uh yeah getting getting the new year rolling uh you know time with the wife time with the puppy we, we have some nice beach out here too, uh, literally three, four minutes away. And I take the dog out there every morning and we see all the surfers. I don't surf. I did it once in my life and my nipples are still sore. <laughs> they, I, they, make, they make guards for that. I, I know. And, and the girl I was with at the time did not tell me about that. So it's fine. Anyway. Fetish, continue. <laughs> so <laughs> welcome to the channel. Welcome to the show. Um, I was telling Steve a little before we started here, uh, Bono Stuff is the name of the show. The idea is I'm on this journey forever, lifelong journey to learn, and I want to bring on people who can teach me things. And again, we have spoken many times before, and uh, we agree on a lot of stuff, but we, we want to get down to whatever we can of, uh, you know, what, what, what can you teach me, Doc? Um, <laughs> so um, also Richard, by the way, said hello. Richard Simister, our, our other buddy, Move Evolution. He said some funky stuff. I'm not gonna look up the text right now, but good dude. Um, Steve, again, is a physical therapist in the heart of Manhattan, uh, lower, lower, lower side, Tribeca. West Village, right? West Village, right okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you guys happen to be anywhere near the West Village in New York City, go see this man and it's Integrated Health Sciences. Yep, and, and check us out, it's IPT. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the physical therapy oh, division. Show, show the shirt, man, show the shirt. Boom, <laughs> right there. And if you yeah. if you walk by a gym and it says Gotham on the side, just walk right in. Okay, okay. That's actually the very first CrossFit. I went to not yours, obviously, but it was CrossFit Gotham. Mm -hmm. Gotham CrossFit, which was up uh, on Lexington, and I want to say 50th, in the basement of a church. I don't know if you ever knew that guy. but it was, and, and they only had classes at 5, 6, 7 a.m., and literally it was a very, like, fight club. We had to knock on the thing or text the guy and we had to run down there and it was all like, you have to have someone let you in. It wasn't like an open thing. And then uh, it was a basketball court in the basement of this church. And we had to, we had the closet and we had to pull out mats and pull out the equipment. Anyway. How long ago was that? I'm just curious. Cause it's evolved so much. Yeah. yeah that was like 2010. Yeah. That was 2010. Really get the tip of that spear. 
Yeah, and it worked out. I'd, I would go with the earliest one, 5 a.m., and that set up my whole day. Um, and that's when I was like, I, I hadn't been exposed to anything like that in a while. So, so you know, it took me back to like my high school football and just like getting my butt kicked and, and doing all these crazy fun things. So that was definitely good times. That was like, it was like five high poles and five Hail Marys. That's exciting. That's a great <laughs> day. Yeah, yeah. I felt a little warmer every time I walked in there, a little heathenness burning on me. Anyway, um, bad joke. So Steve is a PT. We're going to focus in on what Steve's going to teach me about today, which is his eight, uh, what do you call foundations of health? Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so we'll run through it and I'll, I'll shout out the fact that if you go to his website and it's that one on the shirt, iHealthSciences.com, um, you can download, uh, he's on version, coming up on version seven, but he just put out version 6.0 of the book talking about all eight uh, bits of that, the foundations. My whole thing is I have five pillars of health and we were just talking before how uh, some of them are going to overlap and connect. I'll say mine five real quick, uh, just so I win because I go first. I, I don't know. Um, it's, you know, and like chess, the white goes first. I don't know. It's your, it's your show. Um, <laughs> so movement, which again, uh, will will overlap how some of these connect. But my five are movement, uh, rest and recreation, recovery, uh, intake and nutrition, right? And then mindset and connection. So we're connecting here and uh, we'll go into your eight. And uh, do you want to knock them out one at a time? I guess, is that the best way to do it? Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of give you a little bit of the history yeah. and the genesis of it. It's a bit of a two-part story. And then I'll kind of bust them out, just tell you what they are. And then we can have conversations about each one of them. And yeah, as we said, right before we started, uh, Steve was like, I can do, you know, 20 minutes to yeah. a couple hours on each one. So, and I'm sure I can too, but I want to, I want to dive into it. So yeah, tell us the two part story. Yeah. And, and that's really the thing is, is that I like to be incredibly efficient. My wife is an industrial engineer by trade. Um, my father is an electrical engineer. I think it just kind of runs in my blood that I want to be as efficient as possible. And I appreciate others who appreciate efficiency. Yes. So with that being said, I felt like I was, and it's interesting because I, when I say environment, so real quick, their digestion and diet, hydration, sleep, stress, exercise, environment, breathing, and connection. So that's your eight right there. But the, the the one that actually was really the genesis of it was actually environment, which we would say is physical environment, which is ergonomics. So ergonomics, I just felt like it was so important, but I never felt like taking the time during a session to talk to someone about it. I always just wanted to send them something, have them read it, because I knew that it was going to be, I think people become uh, we're all patterned humans, but people become resistant towards change. I, for whatever the reason is, I think most people are more resistant towards change. Most people are procrastinators. Like there are just things that seem to be. It's human. our lizard brain, if if we can, without being offensive. What'd you say? It's the lizard brain. Oh yeah, exactly. It's a, exactly. So this lizard brain, I don't feel like tussling with the lizard brain on the first visit when I'm looking at someone for their neck. But I know that if we don't have a good seated ergonomic setup or a good standing ergonomic setup, that I'm going to be spinning my wheels by just trying to do some manual therapy and some exercising. I can make them feel better and more physically durable 
but I don't think that I'm going to get to one of the main roots of the problem unless they are reducing the things that are causing those physical impairments. When I say physical impairments, I mean decreased range of motion, decreased strength in the first place. And I think that as physical therapists, we're not always that good at taking that thing all the way back. You have a pattern which creates impairments, which creates pathology. And all anyone ever wants to talk about is the pathology. And so for me, I felt like it was really important to kind of make sure that I was dealing with the pattern aspect of it, but just yeah. not in that first moment. Right. And it's funny, I'll jump in and say, I was actually listening to the, I think it's called the Movement Podcast, the Great Cook and the oh. FMS guys. Um, and they uh, just, it stood out to me as I was driving in my car earlier, the um, very similar thing of people saying like, what's wrong with my knee is the wrong question, right? And it's, well, what is, there's nothing wrong with your knee. Right. Your knee is actually doing the right thing by saying, ouch. Um, and it's, it's a matter of what's causing your knee to be angry. Um, and so we need to figure that out. So that's the, that's, and it's, it's saying maybe stop running five miles a day on bad shoes or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I, I, I totally dig it. And, um, I'm, I'm, I think I practiced that way and I, I didn't have, I, this is the, the bonus like learning, hopefully, um, I don't have it in my five. I'm trying to figure out how it fits into my five being selfish here, but it totally fits in and it fits in, but I don't know like where it goes into my five. So I don't know if I want to, I don't want to mess up and go from five to six. You're messing me up, man, but I love it. I, I love it. Keep going. It's your world, man. You can go from five to seven if you wanted. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, man. I, I, I have a, I have a whole thing and I'm doing like Olympic rings, you know, I'm doing the five oh, Olympic oh, rings cool. and I wanted to do that. And now I can't add a sixth ring. No. That's crazy. That's, That's crazy. crazy. But at the bottom? No, forget about it. <laughs> so that, that was, that was really the first thing where it was something that I would originally would send to people before I had my own business. And then it was something that I wanted on our website so that that person knew how strongly I felt about it. And those sorts of things started to grow. So it was just ergonomics in the beginning. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm having to talk to people about like drinking water. Uh, so why don't I just throw that up there? And so then that's how it started to evolve from one head. And then the other side, and I talk about them on almost every webcast that I'm on, but Peter DeQuino, who is one of the best clinicians in New York City, he's an acupuncturist. And where he really sets himself apart, I would say one, he does orthopedic or sports acupuncture, which means as much as he's concerned with the meridians, if he sees someone with a knee, he's going after the glute med, he's going after the hamstrings, he's going after the oblique, he's going after the same things that we go after with, yeah. with exercise, he goes after with, with needles. And yeah. so that puts him in a category in and above everyone else. But then on top of that, he's the best health coach that I know. And he's one of my best friends. And he, uh, he was my uh, clinician for me for about a year and a half. And he dramatically changed the way that I am. And, and I mean that in, in, in all senses. And in general, I think just like everyone else, I was kind of resistant, like, oh, like, maybe I, like, is the diet really that important? Does it really matter? Is this one little supplement really going to make that big of a difference? Is me getting some blue blocking glasses? Like, is that really that big of a deal? And just like, kind of, I think you have to hear these things multiple times. And I'm not saying every time that he told me to, told me about it, I did it. 
But if I look back for everything that I ended up doing, most of the things he had told me about in the first place, I maybe just had to hear it from someone else again. And maybe one more time where I was like, oh, you know what? All right, fine. Let me try this. And so, so that's where that holistic health or functional medicine interest started because our kind of diagnosis model, as I was saying before, is pattern impairment pathology. So everyone wants to talk about their knee. The knee is the victim. You were born with a fine knee, but you know, maybe your hip is a little weak and maybe it's a little bit stiff, but you weren't born with a janky hip either. So like what's driving it? So that's kind of how we look. Yeah, if I can, if I can, like, just for for viewers, because again, uh, you know, I don't know if everyone's going to be on the PT side, but I did want to share mm-hmm. that again. It's the pathoanatomical model, right? Is, is that's kind of what you're alluding to? So, uh, you know, I, I and to your other point, I think it bears repeating what whatever the the uh, the literature says of seven times. It takes seven times for it to like maybe finally click of like, oh, I should drink lemon in my water, or let me at least try that, or like you need somebody to kick you in the butt to do it. Um, but the pathoanatomical model, and again, in, in insur- the insurance model in medicine, right? If you have health insurance and you go see a physical therapist and you want, physical, you want it to be covered by your insurance, we need to come up with a diagnosis. And so what, whatever that diagnosis is for the knee, chondromalacia or patellofemoral pain syndrome, um, or you know whatever that, pathology is when the reality of it is it might be your feet your flat feet that we need to address it might be your movement patterns it might be your shoes it might be uh your hips coming up you know up and down the chain as we go so so that's kind of my my whatever uh yeah. connection to that whole thing but yeah and and that's why i've also moved away from um and i don't know how much you guys work with insurance and things like that too i'm curious about that not so a little bit yeah and again it's tough to completely be uh, cash based, I think these days, but it's possible. I know a lot of people doing it. I'm more or less 100% cash based. Um, and I do almost hundred percent of my work online right now. I still mm-hmm. have people, um, in person here and there, but I did want to, um, say again, the insurance model definitely, uh, has its problems. And again, then if it's, if it's knee pain and what we're working on, you know, your breathing pattern and we're working on, all yeah. these environmental factors, uh, what is really going on? And, and, and the insurance company won't pay for that basically. Right. And, and you can't document that. And all they're looking for is the pain went from, you know, a zero out of 10, it went from a seven to a six to a five to a four to a three, you know, and yeah. it needs to follow a certain path for them to approve all those visits. So when the reality of it is, it might, again, if you don't do anything and you just stop running, it's going to get better most likely. Um, and then you start running again and then you possibly make it worse. And we see this cycle all over again. Um, and again, that's what led me out of that traditional model. And, uh, and, you know, I'll throw it back to you, but I just wanted to, I guess, give my color on that. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing is like the insurance company needs a pathology. They want impairments, which is again, strength and range of motion, decreased strength and decreased motion just for anyone out there. I, I think that looking at, one step back, which is the patterns of your environment, the way you sit, the way you stand, the way that you watch TV, those are your patterns, those are things you're consistently doing. That ends up feeding into it and that's never gonna be talked about in the insurance model and that's okay. And all of that actually sits on top of the biopsychosocial model. Like You're not just a hip and you're not just a toe. 
and you're not just strength and you're not just range of motion, you're so much more. But then weaved into all of this, into the foundations of health is your general levels of inflammation make a huge difference on your perception of pain and the outcomes that you end up having. And, and I didn't ever feel like I had any sort of tools in my arsenal because I, I graduated from PT school almost 15 years ago. I mean, that just wasn't how it was. Now I actually just got accepted to NYU's transitional program. And there's a whole- Congrats. Yeah, thank you. I'm pumped. <laughs> I'm finally gonna be a real physical therapist. I can't wait. So either way, they have a whole other systems, which is genito-uro, uh, metabolic, gastrointestinal, everything that's not a focus, not your neuro, not your cardiovascular, right. not your musculoskeletal. And I really have my fingers crossed that that's going to cross into some of the functional or natural medicine world. Because that, I, I, I think that it jives really well with a lot of physical therapists. It's a proactive model, meaning that it tries to get ahead of things. And mm -hmm. it's an active model, meaning you have to do something. Whereas traditional Western medicine, I'm not picking on anyone in general. I think that we- No, as no, we should. We should pick on people. It. Yeah. No, if I go to a doctor, I'm expecting them to do something passive to me and give me a prescription. Yeah. Like, that's it. And at this, I'm more joking about how I used to be. But that is a reactive and a, and a passive system. Yeah, I like getting into, you'll say like ancestral health or functional medicine or nutritional health, however you want to kind of uh, coin it. It is proactive and it is active. And right. physical therapy, when it's done right, is proactive and active. And that's why I think it jives with a lot of PTs. Well, so. Yeah, and, and sorry, I'll jump in too of, of my passion around a lot of this. Uh, and again, my company being FitCare, the idea is to be an alternative to healthcare. That if you chase your fitness, if we can put numbers around it, uh, the stronger you are, the more we can look at your, your resting heart rate, you know, all these different things that we've seen in the literature to correlate to longevity and things like that. Um, we do have this huge health problem. I don't know if you've uh, seen or read Chris Kresser's book, Unconventional Medicine. Not, you know what? He's one of my biggest influences yeah. on his podcast. And then he, I mean, his books, if you take all of his free PDFs and put mm -hmm. them together, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. He, he's an awesome resource. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with him, Chris Kresser is Revolution Health Radio is his podcast. Um, and what's up? Total Therapy Solution, physical therapy on the thing. Um, but I was bringing up Chris Kresser on conventional medicine because the book is about, and it came out almost... Uh, I want to say a year and a half ago, well before COVID and everything, but he was talking about just the numbers of, you know, by 2030, the GDP of, you know, health costs are going to exceed GDP and all these problems with everything going on. And at the end of the day, uh, one of the biggest things that, again, drives me is the fact that the traditional model is a symptom-based model. And it sounds like that's what we're talking about here on the same page of let's not chase symptoms because we can make your knee feel better however you want. I had a new patient, uh, an old friend of mine, but he's a new patient uh, yesterday. And again, he's got some back pain going on uh, and the usual stuff. I was like, let's, we need to look at your head to toe, man. We need to look at your breathing. We need to look at, you know, he has flat feet. He has orthotics. So I said, okay, cool. I can make your, you know, hip pain feel a little better. But if we don't address all these other things, you know, it's, it's going to come back. It's going to be a problem. We can't just address the symptoms. That's big, been my drive and getting patients. And I'm only, 
I'm only interested in working with patients who see that. And if they're just looking to get better, and again, I, I understand, like you said, the lizard brain kind of, you know, a lot of folks just want to feel better. And I get it. You know, if you can take a pill or you can go to a chiropractor and get a little pop, walk out of there, feel better. Like I get it, but it's going to come back. And every time it comes back, do you want to keep getting popped? Um, you know, it, it's an interesting thing. So, and, and so it brings me to my next question, I guess. I don't know if you had more to that. Can I ask you this? You ready? You ready? <laughs> um, and thank you. Our value is in bringing lifestyle management. Totally agree. Uh, TTS. TTS. Can I call you TTS? I know. Uh, I think I follow him on YouTube, but I can't remember, or I think it's a him. Anyway, the question I was going to ask is, where are these blurred lines? I'm not going into practice acts and legalities per se, but I know it's a little bit, it gets a little tricky because using the term health coach, um, lifestyle management, as, as we're saying in the comments here, um, have you had issues with that? Have you looked into that? I know, again, you, you know, do, you, do we need more, do I need to go and get more certifications on top of, you know, however many years and however many different certifications I've had, um, you know, do I need to do that? Do you, where, where do these blurred lines go? And chiropractors for whatever it's worth have been kind of going in this ambiguous thing where you see a lot of chiropractors and, uh, oh, Tony Maritato. What's up, Tony? Um, so, uh, where chiropractors again, for so many years, again, they use the term doctor, uh, way, way before physical therapists ever did. Um, and it became a marketing thing and, and they also would sell, you know, these graphs where your spine is out by 2% this way. This, and again, it's very consumer facing awesome. Um, and they got into selling supplements. And again, this is the way I, I kind of, you know, grew up with chiropractors. And again, there's chiropractors I would, I think are amazing clinicians that I would totally go to. So we don't want to start a, a professions war, <laughs> but I guess the question, uh, is, is yeah, where are these blurred lines? I should cue that song up if I had a better DJ. Um, <laughs> where are these blurred lines um, of, of the professions that you, you've, your experience has been and are people questioning it or, or yeah, what's, what's, what's yeah, it, and, and that's the, that's part of why I like having this ebook and I like having the, um, the, the, the website, the way, like our website is a mirror of the ebook and I like having it there because in the ebook, I send you to, to Chris Kresser's website, mm -hmm. your podcast. I have a, an interview with Dr. Ruscio and Melissa Urban on gut health. I'm not pretending to be the expert. I'm just saying, here you go. Um, then to answer a couple of the other questions, um, Chris Kresser does have a health coaching um, yes. program. Certification. It's a... Yeah. Got a, exactly. Adapt. And then they also have almost like a top you off. So the adapt is primarily for I am coming from finance mm -hmm. and I want to be a health coach. So it has a, a you know, right. quite a base to it. Right. There's also more or less the adapt, but for the clinicians that I, 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 I'm not exactly sure where it's at, but I, you know, I'm on some of these mail lists. Right. Um, but the health coaching program, the official one that starts from the ground up is um, just got accredited by one of the more major um, health coaching associations uh, that's out there. And, but the indication to me was that it's been a little bit of the wild, wild west. Mm -hmm. so, so I can just kind of like put that there. And then I can also say like, I have my bachelor's in health science. Like, right. who am I not, how, how would I not be considered able to coach people on the degree that I have? So right. 
I kind of, I, I don't really get too caught up on the words. If there, if I started to get pushback, I would probably reconsider it. Um, being the fact that there are health coaching programs and I never want to put down anyone who's gone through any of those. Um, I also wouldn't want to minimize myself at the same time. Um, I don't believe it's licensed in New York. So when that obviously happens, then it becomes a little bit of a different scenario. Um, I'm a coach. We're talking about health. It seems like an okay, but also, yeah, I mean, everything that I'm doing is to combat the standard American lifestyle. So if you say that it's, is it lifestyle coach? Is that, is that a term that's being used? Yeah. I mean, lifestyle management is what Tony in the comment threw out there. Yeah. And that's a great version of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm with you and, and I've struggled with, with what to call it. And, and can I use the term health coach if I don't have a, like health coach seems to be a very specific thing. And then you get into life coach, you know, are we talking about, you know, uh, setting goals and, and values and, you know, your financial things and it goes down all these paths and there's just so many, like you said, it's a little bit of a wild west. Um, and, and it gets tricky. And at the end of the day, uh, for me, when I, when I work with folks, I, I end up giving my, I, I kind of frame it in, this is my experience with it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my understanding of it. Like, I'm not necessarily prescribing that you take vitamin D3, you know, that that's not really within. And I do think it's a tricky thing because it, it kind of is in our scope of practice. Um, and again, I think we probably as a profession almost over are overly cautious mm-hmm. where, again, not to pick on the chiropractic profession, but when COVID started, uh, we're shooting this in January of 2021, but uh, there were you know, I kept seeing these posts of chiropractor signs saying, get your spine adjust and improve your immune system and like fight, you know, we can help you fi- fix COVID um, and be better prepared for COVID by coming and getting a, a back crack. And again, like, you know, consumer protection, I guess, is, is really the question and or answer and or uh, issue. So yeah, I don't want to dwell too much on this. I want to get back to your eight foundations right. of health. But uh, the blurred lines thing is is super interesting, and I might need to do a few episodes <laughs> just on on some of that. I don't know if there are any answers to any of that either. It's just um, you know, are we doing the best job for the consumer? And also, the the thing that frustrates me, and it's something I was in New York, uh, where Steve is now for a long time, and I'm out here in Southern California, and I'll just say my observation being out here is the average consumer based on my experience i've been out here about a year and a half is much more into a little bit of the the they're they're more easily i want to say sold whereas in new york uh it's a lot easier to or or the the consumers i i don't don't want to phrase this the wrong way but (laughs) the consumer is a lot less bs driven and they're like okay cool you cost this much what are you doing for me like, you know, yes, no, may, you know, there's no in between mm-hmm. out here. I feel like it's a lot more, oh, you have this cool new, like, you know, mitochondria supplement that might be, you know, and it's, I'm willing to pay and try it out for a thousand dollars. And, and, you know, it's, it's a little more, and I don't want to, yeah, again, it, it, was, it was, it's all kind of the stereotypes. I was, I was, you know, that you see on the shows and things like that. And so it's, it's been an interesting thing and I don't want to dig myself into a further hole. So back to you, sir. <laughs> So anyway, so <laughs> that's how this book started. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of, that's the genesis, we'll say, of it. Um, and then it was, it, you know, to talk to you, but like, I mean, I think it was six, it was seven at one point in time. 
but then we have our eight foundations of health, which is really trying to optimize all of your systems working together. We have our foundations of movement, which is eight as well, which is our physical examination, that whether you're there for uh, your neck or for your ankle, we're going to look at for the same thing, do a really good once over on your core, defining core as all the muscles that connect to your shoulder, to your hips and everything in between. And then really look for the most common low hanging fruit that we've seen in the last, I don't know, like 5,000 people, um, you know, and yeah. then exercise on top of that. So that's your, your core exercise, squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull, locomotion, rotation, kind of, again, the standard, and then performance is on top of that, which you kind of have to earn. But all yeah. of that, like, that's kind of why there's eight again, is like, it's just because that was the number that everything fit well into. But yeah, it, it's really, it's out of, I'm not going to say laziness. It's kind of like efficiency. And then it's also really wanting to help people. This, I do feel like this is within our practice. I'm not, again, prescribing um, vitamin D, but, you know, hey, maybe you want to find out how you do with vitamin D. The, the easiest one is kind of like gluten. I think everyone has an yeah. opinion. I'm not saying everyone should be gluten-free, but I think everyone should find out whether their body at that moment in time with their microbiome and their genetics right. wants to be gluten-free. I don't think right. that's a crazy thing to think. <laughs> I feel like I'm like leading anyone too far in a path that's too blurred lines or out of my lane. Right. That's just a reasonable thing. And at the end of the day, the, the consumer protection bit, again, I think comes down to uh, the do no harm concept. And again, as, asking someone to remove gluten for 30 days or whatever the, the, <laughs> that conversation is, uh, is not likely going to do any harm. Uh, and that, that's kind of the thing. And it's, it is the conversation and it is the same conversation I would have with a family member, with a good friend, if they were coming to me and asking for the help. And I'll, I'll say this too, as, as as, as the, what is physical therapy? And that's been another concept I've, I've investigated and, and things like that. And, and, uh, you know, dug around in, and at the end of the day, you know, we are musculoskeletal experts. We are, we, we are supposed to be the experts and yeah, uh, we are in the best position to point clients to the information. So again, we, we should be able to direct them and, and saying, I'm trying, this is how I want to fix your knee pain, right? Not, uh, or let's talk about back pain, right? You can do McKenzie. You can do, I'm going to crack your back. You can do uh, mulligan concepts. You can do all these different things for anyone listening. Like you can Google all that stuff. But at the end of the day, my, or our philosophy is going to be like, let's talk about, you know, these eight foundations. And if you don't have them lined up, like you're saying, like if you're not sleeping in the right positions and you're just going to keep grinding away, it's uh, the analogy I use there is, you're driving with the emergency brake on, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can make your I can make your motor better, I can give you better oil, I can give you better tires, all that stuff, but you're driving with the emergency brake on all this time. So we wanna eliminate and, and get you moving as far forward as fast as we can. So if we address all these underlying foundations, that's why they're foundations. So yeah. <laughs> so which one which one you want to talk about? You want to just go through what what what's piqued your interest as far as the eight? And anyone can, I mean, we can just go boom straight down the line. Yeah. So writing in, I'm happy to, you know. <laughs> so I put the eight in the comments for anyone uh joining, or if you're live with us, I guess you can see the comments. If you're not live, if you're watching this later, I guess you cannot. But uh we'll go through the eight. I'm just gonna run through them one more time, right? So uh digestion diet, 
number one, hydration, sleep, stress, exercise, environment, breathing, and connection, right? So for me, jumping back, we already touched on it. Uh, environment is the biggest one that, again, I, th I really like that. And it, it, it's the one that's, again, for me learning, so to speak, is the one, it fits into my paradigm, but it, I didn't really have it in my five. So that is uh, something you're helping me kind of kind of see of like, it, it, it does fit in there. Do I need to go from five to six? Messing me up, man. Messing up the whole <laughs> cog in the wheel. So um, yeah, so environment. So uh, why, let's go, let, let me ask you this. Why exercise and, and instead of movement, again, we're the musculoskeletal experts, all that good stuff, physical therapy, but why, why the term exercise? I, th I think it's a combination of two things and you'll probably like make fun of me for the second one. <laughs> one is I think you meet people where they're at. Like yeah. I would say trunk stability, but I choose to say core because then 90% of people know what I'm actually talking about. If I say yeah. trunk stability, they're like, what? What's that? And right. I'm like, well, actually the thing is the difference. It's like meet people. Talk about your pelvic floor. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I'm just trying to use some words that you want. I want you to get what I'm saying as quickly as possible. And I don't really care how we get there. Um, so then that's like, that's the one thing is like exercise just worked. And then would I be lying if I didn't love the fact that sleep and stress both start with S's and I'm in both sides. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> makes it so much easier to remember. Yeah. 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 So that's it. yeah. No, totally. Totally. Um, it's the same thing uh, in CrossFit. There's the 10 general physical skills. And I remember it because of their, because uh, of kind of the the uh, the alphabetical order of it, and accuracy, agility, balance, coordination, endurance, flexibility, strength, speed, power, stamina. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so it's easier SSS at the end there. Um, anyway, so yeah, exercise. I like it. Digestion and diet. So that's the first one. And do you have them listed just for? Any particular reason, priorities, or is it? Yeah, yes and no. So let's just start with digestion and diet because originally it was actually hydration first because I was like ease of access. Mm. Like if I'm going to talk to someone, I almost know that immediately when I say diet, which is what it used to be, and then it's gut switch to digestion and diet because frankly, that's the lens that we look through. Yeah. It, 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 you just like, oh, what am I going to automatically just make them scared and have them not listen to the rest of the seven by leading him with diet. So it was a real wrestling act as mm. far as even just hydration, like hydration coming from fruits and vegetables. Right. It's a great way to get your hydration. But if you have someone who doesn't tolerate FODMAPs all that well, and for anyone who's not familiar with FODMAPs, that's fermentable, saccharides is probably the easiest way to put it. So it's oleo, mono, and polysaccharides. And a lot of people who go on, you know, I'm doing a cleanse, end up fucking themselves up because <laughs> they don't tolerate fermentable foods all that well. A lot of people go plant-based and end up fucking themselves up because they don't tolerate fermentable foods all that well. And so for and me- yeah, I want to jump in back to our earlier point about protecting the consumer, and that's where again I, I don't know if as a profession we can we can you know justify this whole concept, but again I think we as physical therapists tend to come from a more research based place, 
and yeah. be able to say, again, there's the fads that go out there and, and like uh, cleanses. So seven day cleanse, it's January, right? We just had New Year's, everyone's jumping on that. Um, but again, like that's where I, I think it is our responsibility to ensure that you're coming in with an ACL reconstruction, you just had surgery, like I'm 100% talking to you about protein and hydration and, and like how to make sure you're gonna maximize your recovery. And if I don't do that, I feel like I'm doing a disservice based on what I have in my head. And like, it's worth the few minutes and we can even do that while you're on the bike or while you're moving or whatever, if I'm in the clinic or if we're virtual, like it's worth, and we only have, if, even if we only have an hour and you're paying me whatever you're paying me for the hour, um, I 100% think it is it is super important to start with all these bits and say, yeah, we need to absolutely ensure that these things are aligned again, because we're doing a disservice based on what we understand of the research. And again, we can make your knee go a little further and we can make your knee function a little better, but we're going to get the swelling out and we're going to, again, improve your overall system. <laughs> um, and, and again, that's where, you know, it, it gets tricky with, again, personal trainers and different professions. But anyway, I, I can, I, I need to, you need to cut me off. I need to cut me off back to you. Would never, but, but I do think that someone has to consider the negative consequences, which means that there is a responsibility there to make sure that you're giving someone tailored advice on right. the food that they put into their body. Right. And, and I don't know how you do it better than having them go through removal and reintroduction right. and removal and reintroduction. And I was talking to my brother about this the other day and we kind of went in on it and I was like, but it's, it's two or three weeks. Like you <laughs> take out the stuff and then what you really want it. So you keep to, you know, you, mm -hmm. you, when we use uh, our link is to Dr. Ruscio. Um, anyone who, I don't, I think anyone, everyone should read this book. It's so good. Um, healthy gut, healthy you. Yeah. Right here. Such a good book. And start with the most common things that bother people's systems, like as in not just the intestines, but the whole thing. And he says, start with a paleo like diet, do it for two to three weeks. If you do see benefit, continue with it. If you reach a baseline where you like, then start to reintroduce some stuff back in and then that's fine. If you didn't get where you wanted to go, now you have to see as far as how well you tolerate FODMAPs. So right. those mean two elimination diets that I think are really beneficial to people. I had a patient last week, we were talking about just, and I kind of noticed, I would be lying if I didn't say that like, I saw around her socks, what to me looked like eczema. Mm -hmm. And then she was talking about she was having digestive issues and things mm -hmm. like that. And she's paid tens of thousands of dollars to specialists. And I was just like, hey, bud, I'm going <laughs> to check it out. If you want to do it, do it. That's it. That is literally how the conversation went. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to jump in for a yeah. sec to say again, like that anecdote is 100% one of my biggest passion motivators of saving people money and saving people time and saving people frustration. Cause again, I've seen it, I've gone through it myself. Uh, I've seen it from every which angle I feel of, of 
let me save you the time. I like, I, I, yeah. this is what I do. This is my passion. <laughs> like you don't need to go through $10,000 of testing. You don't need to go through a thousand dollars of testing. Um, and, and it is the big thing again, where physical therapy is not set up for even a two week follow-up of saying, Hey, like I want to check in on you. And these are the things you should look out for if we're doing a two week you know, elimination diet of, you know, just focus on eliminate getting, not eating any grains, legumes, dairy, which is the paleo approach. Right. And it's a simple thing, but there's, there's very little structure. And I do think that with, uh, you know, to 2020 COVID thingy, um, whatever that is, um, I think that a lot of folks probably have transitioned to more online stuff. But again, what I saw is a lot of folks who did try to do the same thing in the, from the clinic virtually, which led to weird results and probably made us look a little sillier as a profession. But again, not looking to sling any mud. Um, but at the end of the day, again, I think that very few PTs, again, want to spend time and they're not getting reimbursed for, and they're not getting paid for following up with this two week protocol of try to eliminate grains, legumes, dairy. Um, so, and, and, and how do we monitor that and how often are we communicating so it is something I do. It is something I assume you do, like as, as, as far as helping them along and communicating with them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm pretty much the lowest pressure person of all time, though. <laughs> like, I'm like, here you go. I mean, I literally, I sent yeah. a PDF and then I did not follow up. And then three weeks later, she was like, hey, Steve. And she had been tested. She had done a breath test for SIBO. She had been to a ton and did, done a ton of the right things according to Western medicine, two to three weeks later, she's like, Hey Steve, just so I let you know that my eczema is gone. That's it. Like, and you don't think that that's going to help out her hip that I'm trying to work on. Right. Absolutely is a, mil and, a million times. Yeah. And uh, Tony, Tony in the comments there said PTs are terrified to discuss food and the, I'll, I'll share a funny anecdote. My, uh, I, I joined a journal club during the COVID lockdown with four PTs of varying uh, levels of experience, uh, mostly outpatient PTs in Oregon. And one of our very first, if not our very first journal club was about nutrition and, and like kind of the connections. And all of them were super resistant. Like they, we were all in agreement about what the science says. And like, yeah, sure, this helps, da, da, da. But they, I was like, yeah, so how much time do you guys actually spend talking to your patients about this? And, you know, it was like, I don't have time for that. You know, I, I, I'm seeing, and again, in, in, most, they're all in an insurance model where they might have two and a half patients per hour or whatever, um, you know, so yeah. And I don't know if it's that they're terrified to discuss food, but it's not a simple thing where if you have an ebook or you have the resource and you say, hey, like, this is something you may want to try. I'm convinced it's going to help your hip, you know, if you have trust in me, I can certainly put my hands on you and, and mobilize you and adjust you or get you moving better and taking you through this whole system. But I'm convinced that if you try to eliminate these things, um, and again, with like gluten, there's a, plenty of controversy around that. And, you know, it's, it, it becomes, uh, you know, religious or are you Republican or Democrat or, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, people are, are not eager to give up their gluten. So. Um, and yeah, the research is, is all over the place to some extent and re but I'll, and I'll say also research is tough to do. So uh, again, I'm in this journal club and, and it keeps coming back. I'm the guy who's like, 
yeah, this study says whatever, but like, what does it all mean? What does it mean in the grand scheme of things? <laughs> so anyway. Well, and that's where it's kind of tough. And and I, I can actually sympathize quite a bit with, with those people because I actually didn't say a word about food until I found the resource that I wanted to give. And, and so for me, it really wasn't until I found that that walk through elimination diet protocol, mm -hmm. an intelligent walk through a removal and reintroduction right. diet that I actually even said a word. But then once I found my thing and, you know, huge thank you to Dr. Ruscio for this. Right. Is he made it so simple that it's, it's somewhat inarguable because it's not saying you should do this. I think that's what happens a lot is person has trouble, does thing, feels better, gets dogmatic. Like mm -hmm. that's how it goes every single time. And I think yeah. because there's research that does support a lot of different things, but mm -hmm. just like you're talking about gluten, like is gluten because it's because of the grain component of it, more like the paleo side or gluten is fermentable. It is a right. FODMAP food. Is that what's screwing people up? Well, you know what? It, you don't have and, to- And gluten is different here in California than it is in New York and then yeah. it is in Paris. Bordeaux isn't the same thing as Wonder Bread. Like you right. wouldn't consider that it is, but the beauty of actually having people do the tests on themselves and treating it like an experiment and not me being mm -hmm. like, this is what you should do and this right. is what everyone should do is it kind of becomes inarguable. You're right. either going to walk and say like, that didn't do anything or you're going to say more likely, okay, I learned that I tolerate this, 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 and this very well. Right. And these three things tend to give me trouble. And that's all I want. It's the same thing as the way that I look at movement is I want you to be on board. I want mm -hmm. irrefutable evidence because we've got done the experiment together and here's what we came up with together. Right. So right. that's that's why digestion and diet is first. And right. then move into hydration. Like I said, primarily, I think people should be trying to get their hydration from fruit and vegetable. I'm not saying that having filtered water is bad, but mm. having that that water in that natural state that it lives in plants mm -hmm. like aloe or like gel water. Yeah. Cause we're not we're not getting our water from the, min the, the minerals, I don't know if you've seen, and I'll, I'll direct folks to the Netflix show with Zac Efron. Have you heard of that? You saw, yeah. you saw that episode where they go to Paris. Yeah, the, the, talk, the water bar? Yeah, uh, I don't remember the water bar, no, but they, uh, Paris has like, oh, 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 the, the, um, yeah, sommelier, like, the water. It's like, this is the finest yeah, 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 water yeah. from 1872. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's a cool episode, though. But but the the big point there is, yeah, um, and he the guy the sommelier the water sommelier um, is basically saying like you should never drink and like it's actually taking nutrients out of your body if you're drinking this kind of super filtered water. Obviously, we want clean water, and that it's a luxury. It's a first world problem to have, right? But at the same time, um, we're not getting all the minerals and and things like that. So. Um, I did want to circle back. Oh, the, you, you mentioned Dr. Ruscio as a resource, the book of the, like the simplest. And I, I'm confident or, or whatever uh, you're familiar with, Rob Wolf and his book. So, yeah, a lot of folks I work with, I usually will direct them um, to Wired to Eat, his latest book. Um, and, and that goes through. Uh, it's a follow-up to his original book, Paleo Solution, which is the basic. And I love his uh, kind of 
he literally uses this phrase like, this is my sleazy car salesman spiel of, you know, eliminate these three things for 30 days, see how you look, feel, and perform. And it's right to your point of like, and then start to reintroduce stuff and like, oh, okay, I had some hummus. It was okay. You know, yeah. oh, I had like a slice of pizza and like, oh, that did not sit well with me or whatever, you know, however it works. But yeah, until you do it for yourself, it's hard to know. I will say, you know, again, I, I do this with a lot of folks and I always have these um, self-doubts as a clinician and, and maybe you can fix that for me, um, <laughs> is the N equals one concept or, or you know, doing the experiments on yourself. Um, there are certainly other factors going on. So, and it's hard to fully understand or, or simplify it to, again, like, you know, we can go down to the FODMAPs, which is a little more complicated, but also I would say very necessary. And if we have a good guide and a simple guide, like you're talking about with the book, uh, the Dr. Ruscio book, um, it, it makes it a little bit more confidence building. But yeah, for me, it's definitely sometimes I'm like, you know, again, I get caught up in these blurred lines of like, well, I'm not like a medical doctor and you should be consulting with your, you know, okay, we want to get you off cholesterol medication. Like, I'm not the one to say that, you know, I, I can say like, that's one of my goals for you but I'm not saying stop taking your cholesterol medication. Um, you know, we get into the legalese of all this. So anyway, my, my, my kind of thought with all that again, is to say, um, I like the, the simplification of it. I like finding a process like Dr. Ruscio's book that allows us to, to simplify it. And, um, again, not every client I've had is willing to even read or, or listen to the audiobook of, of Rob Wolf or whatever. Um, so it is up to us to kind of simplify that, I think, and, and continue to guide folks in the, in, in a better direction. And again, better is better, right? Like to me, it's not, uh, if, if they're willing to work with me, like I'm going to keep guiding you towards better. And that's my, my catchphrase is get 1% better every day. So yeah. whatever we can do to that. So, um, yeah, so hydration being the, the next one and yeah, totally, you can be overhydrated. You can be. A lot of folks are underhydrated. Um, what do you have a basic recommendation for hydration? No, not entirely. I would say that it really does end up. And again, you know, I'm not going back down to seven, but if you do <laughs> have the gut sorted out right, mm -hmm. I think that you end up if you're eating a nice whole food, unprocessed diet. I think you end up kind of knocking that out, no problem. Right. Um, as far as pro-pure pro water filters, again, trying to get that balance between like, mm -hmm. we don't want to strip everything, but we want to make sure that we're taking out the things that we want, that as well. And then actually, if you are eating well, then thirst ends up being a fine guide. But unfortunately, because there's so much processed food and there's so much salt that goes into the food that a lot of people are consuming right now with takeout, you've juked your whole thirst system now. Right. And now, and, and you even sometimes notice, unfortunately, that you're craving food when you're really just kind of thirsty and you're yeah. really kind of thirsty because you just had a ton of soy sauce because yeah. you had something that had a ton of salt in it. Right. So again, trying to make things as simple as possible is like sort out your gut, walk through this protocol, figure out what foods there are mm -hmm. to your body. When you do drink water, definitely have this. If you don't oversalt and all things are equal and have a reasonable diet, thirst is a reasonable guide. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's reasonable. That's fair. 
That's what I'm going for every day. Fair and reasonable. I think that might be Fox News's thing. We're not. But oh, really? Yeah. I, I say fair and reasonable like all the time. <laughs> I, I think it is. I don't. I don't watch enough. Uh, I've, I try to avoid news in general, especially too, yeah. last year. But I do think right. it's, it's something like that. It's fair and something. I yeah. don't know. Anyway, we're not we're not going down that path right now. Um, <laughs> reasonable. <laughs> so sleep is our next uh, foundation. Yeah, this is the third foundation. Yeah, sleep. So sleep's an interesting one. It's like I feel like the age old. What's the number one supplement out there? And everyone's like curcumin and B twelve and like it's sleep. The answer should always be sleep. Yeah. If you want to recover, if you want to be able to perform better which means you have to recover better. Sleep is always your answer. Yeah. A lot of people have trouble with it and I get it. Um, one of the bigger things that I think is worth kind of separating out into two different silos is I think some people have trouble falling asleep. And I think some people have trouble staying asleep and they can be for pretty different reasons. Um, the falling asleep I, I am a, I'm an airplane mode and I used to be an airplane mode. Now I'm a straight up phone is off guy. I would say by like nine o'clock, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I also do think that blue light plays a factor in all of it. I have some heinous, heinous blue glasses. <laughs> I, have glasses. Yeah, I, I have mine also. They're so I can't believe that my wife married me. I definitely <laughs> didn't break these out the first night that we spent together, which was our wedding night, so, <laughs> you know, with that. And so I think that that's just really important. I think that, that wind down is something that a lot of people are missing. And even if it's just when I put these on- I have the exact same I, ones. They're hideous, yeah. but so good. Consumer Reports mark these as the number one mm -hmm. actual blue blocking because they'll take right. new tests and say, oh, it says it blocks 70%, but it really right. only blocks 30%. Right, right. So these are my go-tos. Throw them on 9, 30, 10, 10, 11, two or three hours before you're going to go to bed. And kind of that's that's where it lives. Um, you can also play around with temperature with that sort of stuff. And I'm sure that's something that you feel comfortable talking about is there's kind of two camps. One is the you can get into a, a a bath that ends up transitioning to cool I and see. it will trick your body into yeah. it. Then you could also say that if you're in a warm bath or a warm shower, then the body's blood is going to go more towards the extremities, which is going to cool. <laughs> yeah. I've also, I've also heard uh, someone recently say, like, wear warm socks so that the rest of your body balances out and cools I think for me, for me, the, and similar to, I don't, I'm not even going to bring up this other thought. <laughs> I don't want to dilute it too much, but the thing for me is it's a nervous system uh, exactly. trigger. And so this is why, like another thing I talk about with sleep preparedness or preparation mm -hmm. is do some foam rolling, do some lacrosse mm -hmm. ball to the bottom of the foot, whatever, because it's calming down your nervous system. Yeah. And so the same thing with the heat, uh, you know, hot, cold, whatever. Uh, at the end of the day, I run hot. My wife runs cold. So, mm -hmm. you know, we need to put the heater on. And I'm like, I can't sleep. I'm sweating <laughs> over here. Um, I know some folks use the chili pad, which goes under the mattress. So you can go down all these different paths. But for me, it's it's still, I need to get my nervous system down. I need to undo and, and wind out of whatever the day has caused. And some ways to expedite that might be to, again, dig in and clean up like my pec, which is bone, you know, 
uh, efficiency bonus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, again, the heat, the hot cold thing, like I, uh, obviously we haven't had too much of that out here, but New York city, you're in the West village. My favorite was in the East village, the Russian Turkish baths. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I used to, back when I lived in, in Manhattan, I used to go there twice a month. Um, yeah. you literally go from a hot room to a cold room and it just like, to me, it just resets your nervous system, uh, so well, better than anything else. And you know, that's going back. I want to say thousands of years of, of just like in, inherent science yeah. of, of like, this is going to reset our nervous system. So, yeah. And that, that's like a shout out to, to Jake Foley, you know, from, from, yeah, from uh, Barbend and from physique. Now um, I asked him when he was on our webcast, like, cause they were testing the aura ring versus mm -hmm. the whoop versus whatever. And they were trying mm -hmm. to get, see what you could do to make your HRV blow up and mm -hmm. he was saying the cold showers and, and I, i'm also curious always like just because that you are skyrocketing a metric i'm not saying that you couldn't make the case that maybe you're just studying for the test and kind of juking the system <laughs> but either way it does have a profound effect on your vagal tone on your parasympathetic yeah. system you know anyone who's listening your two nervous <laughs> systems is one, your autonomic, meaning the one that you don't have control over. Like when I go like this, this is my voluntary nervous system. My involuntary nervous system, easiest thing you can think of is if I shine a light in your eyes, your pupils are going to contract no matter what you want to have happen in that moment. That is the branch of the nervous system you don't have control over. Parasympathetic is rest and digest, makes you kind of in the state of if you were going to die on a, on a deserted island, you <laughs> want to save as much energy as possible. Heart rate comes down, respiratory rate comes down, all the blood moves back to your core. Sympathetic, I'm here, a tiger walks into the room. Not fight either. or flight, fight or You are ready to go. And we're living a lot in that tiger in the room, yeah. but there's not actually a tiger in the room. So, <laughs> Stand an American lifestyle for the win. Right. And 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 that's where it's interesting to me. And I don't want to, I'm not trying to pick on your thing. Please. But you have breathing all the way at seven. <laughs> and to me, it's it's absolutely the first thing I look at. Yeah. Sure. Um, especially with these virtual calls. And like it sets up everything up for me of saying, okay, cool. Hey, how are you doing? Let's talk. You know, okay, what's your history? Put one hand on your chest, put one hand on your belly, take a few deep breaths in and out. And you see this like, and that's like 90% of the time, yeah. 90 or more percent of the time. Yeah. And, and if you're, if you're out there watching other than Tony, I'm guessing Tony uh, is, is nice and healthy and breathing. Right. <laughs> Tony. Um, but if you're, if you're, if you're watching this again, I challenge you. And again, I post this stuff all the time, but put one hand on your chest, one hand on your belly standing here uh, and take those deep breaths in and out. And can you get, you know, the, the trick is to, I don't tell them what I'm looking for at first, right? Um, but we can see that all these upper muscles breathing, they are backup muscles, secondary and tertiary muscles. But but for me, again, like I've had people, I've had back pain for so, 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 and like, okay, cool. I noticed you're breathing like this. You know, we can go through this whole 21 point check and, and do all the primal movement patterns and, you know, oh, she would this one girl. Yeah, I'm thinking of recently. She was doing a 10,000 burpees for the month challenge, and, or or over whatever period of time. Um, she's like, maybe that's what's causing it. I'm like, maybe, but let's do this assessment. Let's do the head to toe thing. And like, yeah, your emergency break is your breathing. Like, 
And I told, you know, I, I just worked with her and she's already like doing high level stuff. And, but nobody really got her to breathe better. And, and all of a sudden, and you know, she had like a flight the next day and she texted me the next day. Like, yeah, all I did was focus on breathing down into my belly, calming down my nervous system. And, and it literally it's, it's holding on all that tension if you're not breathing into the belly. So it just, it starts to expand and loosen up all that back tightness, which is what the pain is. And then boom, that changes. So why is breathing so low on your list, sir? Yeah, no, it's, I think though, I think on the ebook, box breathing though, goes with the sleep. So it gets a little something before or a little tricky. So yeah, I I do, I, I, the vagus nerve, which is a really interesting, a really interesting structure in the body, one of the longest autonomic nerves that goes through. But it is so kind of cool to think that when you're diaphragmatically breathing, that you're gently just stroking that nerve. Like, I don't think that sounds like too much of a hippie. I mean, that is literally what's happening. Your right. diaphragm's going like this every time. And to, to me, once I started thinking about the breathing in that way, I, it, I just thought that, it, you know, I'm more like an engineer, like a mechanic kind of person first, and then like hippie kind of second. And to me, it very much appealed to that mechanic, like, oh my God, yeah, you definitely are just stroking right. that nerve. That's a major component of the parasympathetic or that calming down nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and if you're breathing up, you're just not doing it. Right, right. And you're also, again, like just the, the simple, you're taking 23,000 breaths a day. And so if you continue to breathe up here, you're making all these muscles tighter, which is again, why so many people are so tight. And again, there's so many environmental factors that to your other uh, foundation, Mm -hmm. but, and again, if you're not, if you're breathing into the belly or you're not breathing into the belly, you're, and again, uh, the, the only people I see that really breathe well are either someone who's been had listened to this podcast and, (laughs) and had this pointed out or whatever or performers, which is actually how I learned it uh, back in my high school, Brooklyn Tech. Our football coach was also the chorus teacher. So, you know, he's trying to improve our performance. And ironically, we were the Brooklyn Tech engineers, our team nickname. So to your engineering <laughs> point, both of my parents were also engineers back in Mother Russia. Um, I see that. <laughs> and uh, anyway, but the, the interesting thing there, again, is that if you're breathing into the belly, right, you're you're starting to physiologically just you're you're letting a lot of that tightness go mm-hmm. along with the vagus nerve which is again like a little more complex a little bit more involved totally going on but for most people for me it's just getting them to understand that like those muscles are just holding on tight and they're not breathing and what i was going to say is um again most women don't want to stick out their belly and look pregnant and look oh, man. I'm from jersey man yeah no one wants to do that but the reality of it is like we got to Stick out the belly <laughs> and, and, and like, and that's the right way to breathe. You don't have to walk around doing that, but yeah. Yeah, no, to- totally. Yeah. The only other subset of people that might walk into your office that are breathing right is babies. But yes. yeah, we, yes. we tend to lose that. So yeah. then moving on to like, to people who have trouble staying asleep, visualization meditation is really special. And and I, I think meditation is really special. And we can talk about that with stress, but in general, the hardware that you use in your brain, the parts that light up in your brain when you're imagining something, when you're doing a visualization meditation, and when you're dreaming are pretty much the same things. Right. So it's like you're practicing dreaming during the day. 
and that can help some people stay asleep longer. And it's kind of a little hack that I think not a lot of people talk about, but why not? It's the same machinery. Why not just practice it during the day so it's easier for you at night? Yeah, yeah. And um, I was listening to another podcast, Adapt. Have you ever listened to that one? Aaron Alexander. He's actually out here in Santa Monica. Oh, cool. Um, pretty close to me. I like I like his his systems he has in place. But um, yeah, he 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 brings up a lot of kind of ancestral movement, primal stuff. Um, but again, another podcast I, that stood out to me uh, yesterday, I think I listened to our, our ancestry, right, is to sit, sit on the ground, be around a campfire, telling stories to your last uh, foundation connectivity, but also that imagination where like, you know, we didn't have TV. So yeah. it's easy to shut our brain off now. But back in the day, even even not even 100 years ago, you, you had to kind of, you know, tell stories and, and use your imagination. Um, Read yeah. books like yeah. that the biggest thing if you want a, a kind of a, a a perfect brain food it's really reading you have to focus on what you're looking at your attention's obviously going to go away you have to bring it back bring it back and then you're visualizing the whole time you're making up this character in your mind and you're seeing what they're doing you're seeing this person in the front of the class and you're reading that they get flush and you're picturing their cheeks go flush and it's it's really, it's, uh, it just doesn't happen as much nowadays. And I get that, but it is like this. It's almost like for, as far as what's the number one recovery tool for your body, I would say sleep. The number one recovery tool for your brain is reading. Yeah. Um, and, and so then, and you already touched on this. The last thing is, you know, the temperature. I have mm. a cooler unit, which is the chili pad. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Juke that stat, throw on an eye mask throwing some earplugs, you know, really try and make it as, as non um, offensive in that room. <laughs> and I think you stand a better chance. Again, that's just staying asleep. Right, so. right, right. right. Um, we're a little over an hour. I don't know how you are on time. Um, I got nothing to do. We can come back and do it. <laughs> it's totally up to you. You know, your, your listeners better than I. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just starting out other than Tony on here. I don't have a lot of listeners, so it's fine. The five, five, five people can't be wrong. The five listeners that, uh, you know, <laughs> um, I, yeah, let's, let's keep going. If you got time, man, I'm enjoying it. Um, you know, we'll see yeah. what happens. If we, go for, if we go for four hours, we'll get Joe Rogan on it. And you know, yeah, exactly. I know. It works for him. So, uh, yeah. we we're finishing up sleep. We're going to stress. And again, like, not to keep going back and forth comparing it to mine, but no, yeah, again, for me, it's it's that rest and recovery all. And the way I the way I formulated this a while ago, um, and this I want to say this was in like 2012 or 11. I got to go to Iceland and do a talk uh, for a buddy uh, through like CrossFit, and and I did a talk for them. I didn't go there just for that, but I happened to be in Iceland, went up for the trip, and like they invited me to come talk. And I kind of broke it down, and I still like this concept of like. We have these inputs and we have this output. So input being, uh, you know, all including what we're eating and including what we're kind of taking in books or, or you know, stress levels. And then output just being that exercise or, or whatever you're putting out into the world, even again, mindset, energy, you're, if you're complaining, that's like negative points, you know, uh, and, and things like that. So input output was the real simple kind of way I had originally structured that. And obviously these are all kind of expansions on that. Um, but it all fits in, in similar models, I think. And I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the, 
uh, kind of comparing and where does it all fit in and what is the best way to communicate that. And again, Tony said, uh, speak their language, man. So whatever, whatever connects to, to that. And that's why you said use that term exercise instead of necessarily movement or anything fancier or trunk, trunk control, or as long as you do pinkies up as you oh. drink. Anyway, <laughs> so we got stress. Tell me about stress. Yeah, stress, stress is an interesting one because it's not like stress in general is terrible, but long sustained stress can end up having a pretty negative effect on your body. And I, and I guess that the two things that maybe, maybe three that I think need to be mentioned is one, I do think that if you are trying to modify your stress without doing a meditation mindfulness practice, something that is truly trying to help your brain focus on something, I think you're kind of like giving all the football players at your high school a book on football, but not letting them hit the practice field. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like it's really common that people are trying to read books that are saying, do this, do that, do this. But if in that book, it doesn't say, hey, you need to take 10 to 20 minutes every day, whether it's you're focusing on a breath, focusing on a note noting technique, focusing on a visualization, doing something. And, and I think the misconception is that meditation is just sitting there and just kind of letting your mind be and just breathing. If you actually go back and listen to every yoga class and every meditation, they're always telling you to focus on something. Your breath is always with you. That's a really easy thing. And that is because it's preparing your brain for the next thing that's going to knock it off of its axis because it's going to happen. That's life. And when you get knocked off the axis and your amygdala, which is your fight or flight portion of your, you know, your, your scared part of your brain that's always looking for the problem and not is constantly combating with the rational portion of your brain, which is your prefrontal cortex. They're kind of always having this conversation back and forth. When something happens that knocks you off your axis, your amygdala charges up, you're more or less practicing patience. And in that moment, you're trying to be patient enough to ride it out to when you come back down to your baseline. And, and, and I hadn't always heard it described that way. And that's kind of my own take on the education and the nature of mind that Headspace gives you. Mm -hmm. um, I, cause I have meditated. I read the relaxation response, which was written like the seventies. I read it probably like 10 years ago and I was like, okay, meditation is good. You know, in that it's meditation, prayer, and cardio all have similar physiological effects. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I really started to dive into headspace where they're really educating you on the nature of the mind. Like, hey, most of the time when this happens, you fall into this category, this category, or this category. Someone who try and fights your emotions, someone who doesn't really notice it, but it's just kind of going on, or someone who really feels it. And let's do some exercises that might, regardless of which category you're on, might reduce the duration and the intensity of that experience that you wish you weren't feeling, which kind of leads me to the second part is, I hate to say it, but I think a lot of self-help books are like, this is how you're happy. Like, this is how you're going to be better. This is going to make your life. True mental stability comes from being okay with whatever is happening in that moment. That's the only real freedom that you can have. And I think that training the brain in the fashion that I'm talking about 
before, which is a truly mentally focused amount of time every single day lets you have a better shot at riding out those waves mm-hmm. just a little bit better. And and the main thing that comes up for me with this, with what you're saying now and everything else you're saying that we've been talking about this whole time is is the term practice. Yeah. Um and and you know even physical therapy it's a practice, right? Like we're we're constantly trying new things and that goes to the point of like try to eliminate these things for two weeks and see what happens Um, but it's practicing that mindfulness and what are you actually practicing um or what are you paying attention to and the term or the 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 thing that i've been working on for i want to say the last few months possibly since i saw um the michael jordan documentary uh last dance Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, and my wife and I both uh, were a little inspired by it. And we actually got one of Phil Jackson's books. Mm-hmm. Um, and he practices Buddhism and things like that. And and uh, the, the term that came up for me that when I try to meditate uh, is, and also throughout my daily practice of it all, is separate the stimulus from the response. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of times, and again, even being married, maybe you can speak to this too. Um, you, sometimes you, you're quick to respond because of things that, yeah, uh, you know, might get on your nerves or just it becomes habit. And like, like no, I said, like, I'm going to take care, you know, whatever it is, but a quick response versus, okay, like I'm sensing, you know, I know that triggers me what you just did. And I'm going to go ahead and take a breath and yeah. remove myself and try to separate that space um, of, of, you know, whatever that stimulus was and be like, I'm going to throw out the garbage when I'm re- like, no, but what, whatever it is. Um, yeah. and, and so that, but that's, that's, and it's a practice. So that's the thing too. Um, when it comes to stress management or mindfulness, again, people, and you know, there's all the sayings I've been, I've been, uh, on all these different podcasts listening. And it's always, if you feel like you don't have 10 minutes to meditate, then you probably need to do it for an hour. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it's, 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 yeah, it's practicing that. It's having the guide, again, to the point of Dr. Ruscio's book about nutrition or, or Steve Horney being like, hey, here's what we're going to try, and I'm going to help guide you with it. Like, I'm going to hold your hand with it. Um, but, yeah, when it comes to mindfulness, it's very frustrating to try to meditate, and you're like, what am I doing here? Like, yeah, my mind keeps racing, and it's like, well, what do I do? And if you have that guide, if you're doing it in yoga and you can focus on your breath, things like that, um, and you have somebody there at the front of the class or whatever – or now virtually on Zoom or whatever, you're able to really focus in on all that, and that's great. But it's it's how are you doing that internally? How are you building those systems in place? Same thing with the breathing. I can tell you, I can show you how to breathe better right now, right? But yeah. how do I know you're doing that throughout the day in your twenty three thousand breaths? How do we start to change that nervous system when you're cut off in traffic or whatever? Okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna breathe now because that's what I know is gonna get my vagus nerve to calm everything down. And instead of trying to you know start yelling at this guy, um, it's gonna just remove me from that situation. Like, doesn't affect me. It's good. Whatever whatever hippie hippy dippy thing you want to tell okay. us. About. Well, and that's the thing. So I, I think you're touching on kind of two two things. I'm and I'm gonna throw one in to to close out this portion of it, but you're really talking about awareness, which you can only really have awareness if you have that little bit of an ability to focus and draw yourself out. Like that's one of the main goals of meditation is that you just have, and that's why Headspace I think is really cleverly named. If you do practice this, 
you can get this far away from your emotions and see them for what they are. Oh, hey, every time I'm stuck in traffic, I get mad about my job. Well, if it's every time you get stuck in traffic, you get mad about your job, then it's probably more the traffic. And I'm not saying your job couldn't be better, but be aware of what's going on. Every time I drink coffee, a Starbucks coffee, I end up thinking that I'm getting COVID. Like <laughs> you should be kind of aware of that. Yeah. Um, but what you're talking about is really a difference between meditation and mindfulness. Mm. Um, meditation is the practice or the exercise. It's like doing the stairmaster. But going up your stairs in your six, six floor walk up is the mindfulness. That's mm -hmm. applying it to that to that moment to that day to the thing yeah. that exists in your life and, and that's where i think a lot of people don't make that carry over right. or they just right. read books about mindfulness but you can't do it if you don't practice it right We're, this world is not conducive to mindfulness the standard american lifestyle is not conducive to mindfulness so you have to carve out and almost get ancestral just mm -hmm. a little bit so yeah totally and um yeah, that's one thing I do with a lot of my clients. I try to talk about the intention of this exercise. So if I'm sending folks workouts, which is the next foundation, um, but if I'm sending them workouts, it's, it's, you know, I want you to think about how you're positioning and like, and record it and start to connect to, do you feel your back starting around on this, you know, Romanian deadlift or whatever. Um, but understanding that that's where you're in your safe space, you start to build confidence and we can go a little further over time and then we can load it more blah 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 but it's that intention of why am i doing this like oh i just need to get my heart rate up and and then, so like uh, totally for me sorry if i'm going on a crazy tangent here but the 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 thing that comes up is burpees right uh falling down on the ground getting back up there's different versions of it but in, it's interesting in the strength and conditioning space in the health and fitness space you get a lot of p critics of burpees um, and for me, it's just, it's, it's, it's an easy way to get your heart rate up and to do a functional thing again. Uh, you know, they don't have to be the hallmark of your, your whole fitness. And there are ways to have better intention. And if we're saying, Hey, we just need to get your heart rate here and we're doing this for whatever reason. But again, a burpee can be a very functional thing. And again, if we have the intention of why am I doing a thousand burpees, <laughs> you know, um, is, is it for just to say I did it? And again, for some people, it, it is just get up, get down, uh, get do it again, and and it's it's a simple thing that can be accomplished. And we can really look at, um, you know, how well are you moving versus some somebody might not be ready to run for twelve minutes and do a proper Cooper test, which might be the way the research tells us we need to really look at it. And da, 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 da. Like you, you know, and and so there are ways to to balance it out. But what's the intention? That's kind of where we came from. Of, of why are you doing that exercise? Again, if, we're, if you're here for your knee pain, you know, why are you doing, uh, again, like toe uh, little exercises? <laughs> and it's like, here's the intention. Here's what I want you to feel. Here's why we're doing it. And now we're all on the same page. And, and that's where I think, again, sometimes it's, there's a lot of missing components to the fitness space, the medical space. Again, okay, take this drug. It's going to make your back feel better or whatever, but it, it's missing the big picture. So yeah. I went on my little tangent. I don't know. I think we got through your first four. Maybe we do a part two for your other four. <laughs> great, man. So, Anytime. I'm sure we could keep going. Um, I'm kind of hungry. I haven't eaten much today. I think the wife is, uh, she's, she might be, um, you know, whatever. So um, <laughs> let's wrap up though. So we do have four that we didn't really cover. We, we did touch on breathing. 
Yeah. Um, we did touch on the environment. Uh, we didn't really go deep on your version of exercise. So I don't know if we touched on like, you know, you look at the, the primal movement patterns and then connection again, we didn't go too deep on that, but guys, if you're interested, if you're still here an hour and 19 minutes into it, yeah. bravo. Um, yeah. hey, thank you, Tony. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, go check out the free ebook. If you're interested at mm-hmm. iHealth sciences, I don't know where I'm pointing. Yeah, there you go. Nope. Nope. Other way there. Yep. There we go. Yeah, there we go. So <laughs> the camera is backwards. So anyway, check out the free ebook. Um, we're going to, I'm sure we both put out a lot of content around these concepts. Uh, my goal is, and again, my five thing, maybe I do go to seven. I was going to plan to do e- one of each thing on social media, Monday through Friday. I was going to do that. That was the five. And then weekends were kind of wild cards for, for more fun stuff. But <laughs> Do whatever you want. But as yeah. as what I was saying is like, just do whatever you want, man. It's all good. It's all great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna experiment with it. Yeah, That's exactly. Mine could end up being nine by the end of twenty. <laughs> things are going. Yeah, enjoy. We're gonna, it. We're gonna add like zoomness as a. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Any other closing thoughts? Uh, you know, no, man. I, I think it, to tie it all up, though, it is kind of interesting that from what you said about videotaping people. I look at these three things as the same, and I think they're all really important because they promote awareness. Um, Doing a removal and reintroduction diet makes you aware of what your body likes. Um, Doing specifically a noting technique when it comes to headspace. Um, I know their anxiety track is um, a noting technique because they do different techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few other ones that are noting, but find yourself a good noting technique. Do it for 30 days. Find out what's going on in your brain. It's the same thing like figuring out what's going on in your body and what it likes and what it doesn't like. I, I think very few people have a true sense of the way that when a problem arises, how their brain attempts to deal with that. But I think a lot of people fall into um, patterns within themselves and knowing your patterns, like what you were talking about with your wife is something that's valuable. And then the other thing is filming yourself, exercising, like you said, with your clients. I really think that those three things are the same thing. They're just trying to create awareness in an area of our life today that we may not have that much awareness. And how can you argue with that? So that's the closing thought. Thank you so much. That's it. Thank you. Um, that did trigger something in my brain of that. I think I just lost, but you, you wrapped it up really nicely. Um, totally. I'll go surf again. We'll do this again. It'll be great. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, dude, thank you so much again, guys, go check him out, especially if you're in person and, uh, I'm confident he's doing all the COVID precautions and and all that good stuff. Yes. Yeah. I guess (laughs) tomorrow. So, yeah, we'll see it. Uh, the results will be up on our website right away. Don't worry. There, there you go. So, uh, but yeah, if you're if you're in Manhattan, that's what I was gonna say. Actually, to wrap it up for on my end is uh, stop wasting time chasing symptoms. Stop wasting time, you know, addressing your knee pain. And and again, there's value in addressing your knee pain. We're not here to tell you how to live your life. But my big thing is if you're missing. If you're, if you're ready for this journey, and again, some, you, you have to be ready for it to some extent, but we're here to take you on that journey. Um, Steve or myself, if, if you reach out to either of us virtually, 
I don't know what we're what we're so doing. Jersey, why do I get so Jersey right there? I was being so good. So Jersey. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think that again, the the like your um, you had your girl that went through ten thousand dollars of of testing and things like that. It's we're here to say like all this is connected. You know, we want to help avoid surgery in five years, ten years, twenty years. Um, we want you to move better. Your quality of life is going to be better. We're not here to, you know, get you on a monthly plan and, and come back three times a week for the rest of your life. Like it's, it's let's address this stuff. And again, like I, I, I was, uh, I, I was, I met up with, um, a, a new grad physical therapist and, you know, he said a line that I hadn't said in a, in a long time, but it did remind me and kind of inspire me of, we want to put ourselves out of business. Like we want to, educate the client, whoever's in front of me to, uh, feel confident. And, you know, if they have little aches and pains, great. We can come in, we can address that. Uh, it's hard to go through every possible scenario in whatever time period. And it might take us three years before we give you, you know, a black belt in, in, you know, the, the eight foundations or whatever, but, and it takes a lot of experimenting. So if you're not willing to, to try all these things out, like you said, your, was it your brother-in-law or your brother? that didn't want to do the two. Oh, yeah, my, my brother, but now he was actually kind of like, oh, so wait, I actually end up maybe getting some of those back. I'm like, yeah, like yeah. Fix, fix, if you end up changing your microbiome, <laughs> it's different now and things right. are, and, and that's all good. Yeah, we change yeah. for sure. And and like, again, the other thing that always, uh, that always brings up for me, and I, I know we kind of were wrapping up, but I'm sure we can keep going and triggering more and more conversations, but is, you know, like Indian food, right. As an example, or Mexican food or whatever food comes up and, and we end up being like, Oh, that always leads to some bad stuff going on in my gut. Um, and, and it's like, well, there's something there. Yeah. Like, how are we not like connecting it? But the, the real thing is a, it's, it's icky or it's tough to talk about, but B like, who do I talk to about it? I don't know that I should talk to my physical therapist maybe if the physical therapist brings it up but even then it's like oh i don't i don't know and again are we sitting there like saying and and there <laughs> i've done some research on this and there are apps where you can actually take pictures of your you know your poop and you store it and you share it and all that and there is a bristol i don't know if you know about that the bristol oh, yeah. uh and it, no, yeah right. it it, it kind of categorizes what your poop looks like mm -hmm. um but yeah again to your point on digestion like there's something there and again a lot of this is and I, and I love that your digestion and diet is number one. Um, and I do think it, it, it does start a lot of those. Uh, and it's, it's awesome that, that, you know, that's where we're starting, um, with a lot of that. And I've been doing a lot of kind of whatever you want to call it, nutritional guidance coaching as well. Um, and it's, it's been a fun journey and we continue to learn stuff. And again, I think that the science is always emerging and it's up to us to, to, again, like you said, there's no science on, you know, N equals one. There's no science on, you know, whatever uh, Mary who comes in your door tomorrow and, and uh, you know, she's your patient. It's the first time you ever met her. And there's no science on Mary who's, you know, we can say we have these studies that kind of fit your, you know, situation. And we have these other studies that kind of fit. But again, most research is done on 20 somethings that are in college because they're, they want to get paid $25 for to be experimented on. And, you know, um, <laughs> So anyway, I can go on and, and, uh, malinger, I guess on all that stuff, but I don't think that's the right word, but anyway, 
Steve, always a pleasure, man. Um, oh, man. We'll do this again. This is great. Thank yeah. you. So, much. so we can we can dive a little deeper on your last four. Um, okay. I feel like we we didn't fully give them the service that maybe they needed, but um, next time. All right. So I'm gonna cut it. Get one percent better today, guys, and uh, we'll talk next time.